A lot of people are very fearful right now about what's going on in America, what's going on in the world. They wonder about what the future is going to look like because of all the chaos and all the problems that are happening in the nations of the world. I want you to know that God is in control and right where you are, you can experience the peace of God. This teaching today, uh, I'm talking about the power of God's peace. You know, there was a, a in the Christian Post, they reported that 70% of Protestant pastors said that the fear in their congregations has noticeably increased because people are concerned about the future of America and the future of the world. You know, it's just a, it's just a crazy time to be alive. Now, we're living in a very special time before the coming of Jesus. And you've heard me say before, I don't believe we're living in the end times. I believe we're living in the end of the end times. I believe that we are seeing the signs just prior to the return of Jesus Christ. And so this, but, but what goes along with that is the days of Lot, the days of Noah, the arising of the Antichrist spirit, the geopolitical issues that we see in Israel, Iran, Russia, Syria, uh, all these things that are going on is crazy. And so, but it's exactly what the Bible said would happen. Well, Jesus said, this is Luke 21, talking about the end times. Jesus said, there will be signs in the sun, in the moon, and in the stars on the earth, the stress of nations with perplexity. And by the way, in my book, Tipping Point, I talk about the signs that have been happening, sun, moon, and stars, the blood moons, all those kinds of things that are is everything that Jesus had. And it says distress of nations with perplexity. You can check that box. Perplexity means there are no answers. The sea and the waves roaring. And the sea and the waves there talks about, it could be talking about the weather. Also, in the Bible, the sea and the waves are, the, are uh, symbolic for the nations of the world and the people being uh, up, uh, an upheaval in the people of the world, which we see all over the world. Men's hearts failing them from fear and the expectation of the things which are coming on the earth. This is exactly what the pastors were saying, that you know, 70% of the Protestant pastors were saying, the, the anxiety within my congregation, even among Christians, that anxiety is rising. But we have to remember Jesus promised us peace. Jesus told us in John chapter 14 that he was leaving to go to his father's house to prepare a place for us. And this is about a wedding. He, was, he is our bridegroom. He's going to his father's house to prepare a place for us. And he said, as surely as I leave, I'm going to come back and receive you unto myself so that where I am, you may be also. Because a phenomenal promise. So we know that Jesus is returning because he told us he was going to return. Okay. Well, here's what he said, though, in the meantime. This is John 14, 27. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. You have heard me say to you, I am going away and coming back to you. If you loved me, you would re rejoice because I said, I'm going to the Father for my Father is greater than I. It's just a phenomenal scripture. But Jesus said, you know something? I'm leaving. I'm going to go to my Father's house. You've heard me say, I'm leaving and I'm going to come back. But I'm leaving you my peace. Now, this, this is something, this is a birthright of every Christian is that we live in God's peace. But I, but I say, you know, I know a lot of Christians. I know a lot of wonderful Christians. A lot of people are very troubled about what's happening in the world right now. And one of the reasons that we do what we do here on the Tipping Point Show is in endtimes.com is to keep your eyes focused on Jesus and keep you encouraged. When we talk about the end times, I do not do gloom and doom on this show. 
I don't do it. Uh, the clickbait kind of stuff that gets people all upset and everybody wants to see it. I don't do that. I don't do it on purpose because I don't want to upset people. I want to educate people about what's happening in the world. But I always want to keep coming back to the issue that God is in control. The end times are His times. He's in control and the promise of peace that Jesus left with us is until He returns. My peace I give you, not as the world gives, His peace is a powerful, enduring kind of a peace. Well, how do you experience the peace of Jesus in your life? I want to talk about the four foundations of peace in our life. Four things the Bible says very, very clearly uh, link us into, attach us to this peace that Jesus was talking about. Isaiah 9, 6, this is what it says. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder. His name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end upon the throne of David and over his kingdom. Of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. Well, the first foundation of peace is submission to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. See, any area that Jesus isn't Lord over, we are. I mean, we're running our own lives and we're not created to do that. We, we can't run our own lives. That's why we need Jesus in our lives. We know there's the event of salvation. I got saved at 19 years old in my friend's bathroom. And, you know, I was a sinner. I mean, I was in rebellion to God. And I gave my heart to Jesus when I was 19 years old and I got saved. I mean, I, I made Jesus Lord of my life and I got saved. But even though Jesus was Lord, there's the event of salvation, but there's also the process of salvation. When I got saved, I got saved that day and Jesus came into my heart, but he wasn't the Lord of my mouth. He wasn't the Lord of my finances. He was not the Lord of my marriage. In, in my life, in the first few years of being saved, I lived in anxiety, constant anxiety. Uh, I went to the doctor one day uh, for a skin problem. And I went to the doctor and he didn't give me any medicine or anything. He just had me listen to a, a recording on anxiety, which frustrated me. And, you know, because I thought, you know, I want some medicine or something. My problem wasn't physical. My problem was emotional. I had no peace. However, in the process of walking with the Lord, almost divorcing, almost going broke, you know, all these issues went through. I submitted my marriage to the Lord. God transformed our marriage. Our marriage has now touched millions of marriages all over the world. My wife started giving. She submitted our finances to the Lord. I, I was not the person of faith in that area. She was. The Lord uh, revealed himself to us as our heavenly father. It transformed our family for generations. It did. My mouth, I submitted my mouth to the Lord. And that's the only reason I'm sitting here talking to you right now, because I had a terrible mouth. And here's what I'm saying. In any area of my life where I don't have peace, it's, it's indicating Jesus isn't the Lord of that area. See, Jesus, Jesus in, in James 4, it says, submit to God, then resist the devil and he'll flee from you. Okay, first submit to God. See, when you're not submitted to God, you're, you're a target for the devil. But when you're submitted to God, you're, you're safe. And so the anxiety and all those things that take place, it's, it's an indication that maybe Jesus isn't the Lord of your relationships. Maybe he isn't the Lord of your money. Maybe he isn't the Lord of your marriage or whatever. So I'm just saying, Submission brings peace. The number two thing that brings peace is faith-filled prayer. This is Philippians 4. We read this scripture last week. Very powerful. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, 
which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Well, first of all, there's a commandment here. Be anxious for nothing. That's a commandment. See, anxiety is not a condition. It's a choice. We're anxious because we're not praying. So it says, don't be anxious for anything, but with prayer and more prayer, tell God what your issues are. Tell God your problems and the peace of God. This surpasses all comprehension. You can't. You don't even know why you're so much peace. You shouldn't be in the natural. It's so much peace. Peace that will guard your heart and mind. And so the word guard there is the word frureo. It means to guard against a military invasion. There are demons. Christians can't be possessed. The, the term demon possession does not occur in the Bible. It's just demonized. Well, we're not. We're not immune to demon uh, spirits because we're saved. Now we have protection if we trust in God. But if we don't trust in God. So Isaiah 61 says, God has given us the garment of praise for a spirit of heaviness, depression. 2 Timothy 1.7 says, God hasn't given us a spirit of fear. God never uses fear. He never uses depression. So sometimes we're under attack and we, our minds and our hearts, our, our intellect and our emotions are just going crazy. And we're thinking, what's wrong? Well, you're not trusting God. How do I know? I've done it a million times. And so what I say to people is wake up in the mornings. And this is the truth now. Wake up in the morning and write down everything you're worried about. Just make a list of it, everything you're worried about, okay? And at the top of that list, write down prayer list. That's your prayer list. Now listen, pray about those things until you get peace. The, the saints of old had a saying, and that was praying through. I'm praying through. What does that mean? I'm praying until I get peace. And when I get peace, that means I've prayed enough. Your children, your finances, your your marriage, your job, your education, your friends, whatever it might be, is that you, you know, you're anxious about these things. Did you know that God cares more about those things than you do? It's the truth. It is the truth. Did you know that God will bless you more than you'll bless yourself? And that Jesus said, which of you by worrying can add a, a, a cubit to his stature? And what that means is you worrying does no good whatsoever. You can sit and worry all you want. It's not going to help any. But when you pray, you're the Bible says, cast your care upon him because you, he cares for you. When you pray, you're taking the burden of that and giving it to God. And let me, listen, prayer doesn't work unless you trust God. You've literally got to shift the burden. And what you're saying is, and see, and if you don't think that God loves you, and if you don't think that God cares for you, it's going to be hard. It's going to be hard for you to pray and to transfer the burden to God. And part of the issue of prayer is learning how much God loves us and learning that he's our father and he cares for us. That's what Jesus said in Matthew 6 that changed everything is that he kept using the word father. Father, the word is Abba, it means daddy. It's an intimate term. We have a daddy in heaven. I didn't know God is my father when I got saved. I had an orphan spirit. I thought I was on my own. And so financially and my marriage and everything, I tried to handle everything myself because I didn't know that God was in my life. The difference between now and then is I know that God loves me. I know that he cares. And when I'm praying, I know that he listens. And so when I pray, I'm saying, Lord, I trust you with this. This is now your burden. And, I, and I'm going to continue to pray until you give me your peace. But I'm, I'm taking this burden to you. Don't be worried about anything. Don't be anxious for anything. But in everything, with prayer and more prayer, let your request be made known to God. And the peace of God that passes all comprehension will set a military guard around your mind and your emotions. And you're going to have this total peace. And everybody around you is worried sick. And you're thinking, I, I'm not worried about anything. Well, why aren't you worried? It's not because you're not smart. 
is because you prayed and you trusted God. If we don't trust God, we're not going to live in peace. See, the world, Jesus said, the peace I give you is not like the world gives you. What does that mean? You have to, you have to get peace in the world through alcohol, through drugs, through medication, through distraction, through entertainment. You have to go get this peace. It's a very fragile, elusive peace. It's, it's hard to get and easy to lose. God's peace is easy to get and hard to lose. And the only thing you have to do to, to get God's peace is submit to Jesus, trust Him, let Him be the Lord of your life, trust Him as your heavenly Father. And I promise you, the more you trust Him, the more you pray, the more of His peace He's going to give you. And it's going to protect you against every uh, onslaught of the enemy, against your intellect and against your emotions. Here's the third foundation of peace, and it's a Godward mindset. It's keeping our thoughts godly. This is Isaiah 26, 3. You will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. This is another thing about prayer. Is it worship, prayer, reading the Bible, being with other believers? All of those things keep our mind focused on God. You will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you. This is Romans 8. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit, for to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. And, you know, when David was, Psalm 23, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil because you're with me. And so so David, David had a, an awareness to be spiritually minded. Just I, I know that God is here. You know, I know, I know that, that God is present. I know there are angels here. You know, if Satan took a third of the angels from heaven, that means that two thirds stayed with God. We have Satan outnumbered two to one. So when you look at things spiritually, it just it just keeps your it just keeps your mind and heart where they need to be. Luke 21, 28. When you see these things begin to happen, Jesus said, look up and lift up your head. Your redemption draws near. That's why I wrote my book. Look up is to encourage everyone in the times that we're living in to stay focused on God. In the last days, the fastest way to lose your peace is to focus on people and circumstances and sitting around watching the news all day. And I know some of you may, you may have kind of a habit of watching the news all day long. I can just tell you, you know, I watch a little bit of news every day, but I'm just saying, if you watch too much, you'll lose your peace unless you really focus on the fact that it's the end time, Jesus is coming and you don't let it get you down. And so the fourth foundation that I want to talk about here. The fourth foundation of peace is just depending on the Holy Spirit. Galatians 5.22 says the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace. Every day, one of the prayers that I pray for every day is Holy Spirit, fill me with uh, peace, with love, with joy. Fill me up. The, the, the fruit of the Spirit just simply means we're walking in the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. The Holy Spirit is the oil that the engine of our emotions was designed to run on. Okay. And so the Holy Spirit is a, a gift of grace. He's God. The Holy Spirit's God. He's a gift of grace. And Jesus said, when I leave, I'm sending you another helper. And he'll be with you always. The Holy Spirit is that helper. And he's there to, to give what is lacking. He's there to supply what's lacking. And so the fruit of the Spirit is the personality of Jesus. It's the emotional enablement to live life victoriously. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control is the personality of Jesus. Did you know that he'll give you that every single day? 
the, the more we depend. And again, this is humility. And humility just says, Lord, I can't live successfully without you. See, pride says, I don't need you. I, see, someone said one time, a day without prayer is a boast against God. I don't need you in my life. I don't, I don't need, I don't need, I don't need your help. Well, the same is true of living without the Holy Spirit. And so the fullness of the Spirit is what I'm talking about. And so whenever we pray and say, Holy Spirit, give me your peace, He will. He's with you. He loves you. He's a gift of grace. You don't have to deserve Him. In fact, when we need Him the most, we deserve Him the least. But when you're struggling and you need Him to come and give you His peace, He will. And so what I'm saying is we have the ability uh, to come to God every single day and say, Lord, I, I surrender to you. I trust you in prayer. I put my eyes on you today and Holy Spirit, fill me with your peace. He will. He will. I've lived this way for decades now. After living a long time in anxiety and fear and being troubled and having all the problems that come with that, what I'm telling you here today is what I, what I experience every single day is the peace of God. This is what Jesus says, peace I leave with you. He was talking to you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives, I give you my peace. Let not your heart be troubled. That's another commandment. Neither let it be afraid. Don't let your heart be troubled. Understand that God is with us. He's returning very soon. That gives me a lot of encouragement. But in the meantime, He's given us His peace. It's your birthright as a believer. Father, I pray for every person watching or listening right now. Holy Spirit, give us supernatural peace. Jesus, we surrender to your Lordship. Anything that isn't surrendered, Lord, just convict us of that. And we surrender it to you. We trust it with you. And Lord, we dedicate ourselves to prayer like never before, not carrying the burden on our own, but trusting you as our heavenly daddy. And Lord, we put our eyes on you. We, we know just like David and Goliath, Lord, there, there may be some giants in our life, but you're bigger than our giants. You're bigger than our mountains. You're bigger than our problems. And we're going to keep our eyes on you and Holy Spirit supernaturally fill us with your peace. And I just, I just rebuke fear and anxiety, depression, all of those things in Jesus' name. And every demon spirit that comes to steal, kill, and destroy from our peace. And Lord, I pray that your promise of peace would be manifest in all of our lives today. Heal our skin. Heal our, heal our intestines and our digestive system. Heal our nervous system, Lord. Heal us of anything that has physically gone wrong because of the fear and anxiety that we've experienced, Lord. And wherever we go, let us manifest your peace to those around us. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. And I want to I answer some questions now that you guys have written in, some great questions. Um, now this is from Jim. He says, my pastor said he doesn't preach on Revelation because he doesn't understand it. He's tired of people trying to figure out when the rapture is. But even the book of Revelation says there's a special blessing for those who study this book. I don't remember any other book of the Bible saying that. Is it wrong to study when the rapture is going to be? Why do some pastors not teach about it? Well, it's disappointing to me, Jim. It really is. I just, there's so much of the Bible, 30% of the Bible's prophecy, most of that is end time prophecy. So if a pastor is going to, uh, to preach the Bible, I don't know how in the world he couldn't preach on prophecy. He says he doesn't understand it. Well, it's our responsibility as pastors to study. The Bible says study to show yourself approved. And the lips of a priest should preserve knowledge. And so my job isn't to use ignorance as an excuse. My job is to use ignorance as a motivation to go learn what I don't know for the sake of the people that I pastor. Remember, I gave that during the teaching, I gave that stat. 
70% of Protestant pastors said that fear has increased in their congregations concerning the future of America and the world. Well, it's the responsibility of the pastor to do something about that and to comfort them and say, hey, this is the end times. This is what Jesus said would happen. This means he's about to come. And this means this and this. And, and to help people contextualize. And one of, the, one of the comments I get the most is people will say when they subscribe to endtimes.com, I was so fearful. I had so much anxiety in my life concerning what was going on in the world. And now I'm, I'm so much at peace and I feel an excitement. I love that. I absolutely love that. Let me say this to you, Jim, and everyone watching, give your pastor a gift subscription to endtimes.com. You know? Give him, just say, hey, would, I'm going to give you a gift, a gift subscription and listen to Jimmy Evans and Mark Hitchcock and listen to these other people here. And, and, and maybe what will happen is in gleaning some of the teaching here, it might just give him a little bit of motivation to preach on the end times. And I, concerning the rapture, I think it's wrong to set dates. I think that's very dangerous. I, I think the teaching of the rapture is one of the most exciting uh, encouraging teachings on earth and it's graphic in the scriptures. And so anyway, I hope that helps Jim, but I, I really, I'm serious. Give your pastor a gift subscription to endtimes.com. This is Lori. Is life during the millennial reign going to be spread across the globe or kept to the confined region of Israel? Uh, that's a great question, Lori. This is Revelation 20 talking about now the millennial reign of Jesus. When the thousand years have expired, Satan will be released from his prison and will go out to deceive the nations which are in the four corners of the earth. Gog and Magog to gather them together to battle, whose numbers is the sand of the seashore. They went up on the breadth of the earth and surrounded the camp of the saints and the beloved city, which is Jerusalem. And fire came down from God out of heaven and devoured them. Well, according to this, Lori, the whole earth is going to be full of people. And, uh, and they ultimately revolt against Jesus and us. And it says they go to the camp of the saints. Well, the camp of the saints, that's where we live. And the beloved city is Jerusalem. Now remember, in eternity, at the end of the millennium, uh, God destroys the heaven and the earth and creates a new heaven and earth. Okay. And then we have the new Jerusalem. Okay. That's after the millennium. During the millennium, according to this, it's the, it's the camp of the saints and the beloved city. We live with Jesus there and they try to, they try to kill us. And, uh, but it's uh, very clear in Revelation 20 that it's all over the earth. Uh, does the old, this is Sonia, does the Old Testament say anything about the rapture? Nothing graphic. You know, there's uh, Enoch and Elijah. Enoch, you know, was taken by God. Elijah was taken up in a chariot of fire. There are types and shadows. And this is why Paul tells us that the rapture is a mystery. This is 1 Corinthians 15. Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye at the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised incorruptible and we shall be changed. For this corruptible must put on incorruption and this mortal must put on immortality. And of course, First Thessalonians 4 is the most graphic description of the rapture in the Bible. And so uh, the Old Testament just, there's types and shadows, nothing graphic. And someone may know of something in the Old Testament. I don't. Uh, I just think it's types and shadows. But the New Testament reveals the mystery. Uh, this is Jan. At what point is the earth to be released from the curse mentioned in Romans chapter 8? It talks about the whole earth is groaning, waiting for the manifestation of the sons of God uh, during the millennium. During the millennium, when Jesus is reigning, uh, the curse ends. Now, remember, the curse came because of rebellion in Genesis 3. When Jesus reigns, the rebellion ends. Now, at the end of, at the end of the millennium, there is rebellion, but the earth is at peace. Isaiah 51 says, 
The Lord will comfort Zion. He will comfort all her waste places. He will make her wilderness like Eden and her desert like the garden of the Lord. Joy and gladness will be found in it. Thanksgiving and the voice of melody. And that's talking about the, the millennium there. Ezekiel 47 says that in the third temple the, the or the millennial temple, that there will be living water that flows out of the temple that flows out where, whatever it touches. There's teeming life and the Dead Sea comes alive. And so this is a time of recreation. It's a time of, of uh, you know, God coming and restoring the earth back to the blessing that it was in the Garden of Eden. So the, the millennial reign of Jesus, nothing that Jesus is Lord of is cursed. So Jesus is Lord of the earth and it's going to be blessed during that time. This is Tony. Several passages of Scripture like Matthew 25 and 1 Thessalonians 5, 2 seem to in indicate the rapture happens at night. What do you think about this? Now, Matthew 25 is, talks about the bridegroom came at midnight. There were the ten virgins, the five wise virgins, the five foolish virgins, and the, uh, the bridegroom came at midnight. 1 Thessalonians 5 talks about a thief in the night, that, that Jesus comes like a thief in the night. And by the way, that's for unbelievers. For believers, Paul says, you, you should not be surprised when he comes. You're not people of the night, you're people of the day. So, Tony, the, when the rapture takes place, it's going to be day in some areas of the world and night in some areas of the world. Okay. Now, I believe that God keys off of Israel. So when it talks about midnight, it could be talking about midnight in Jerusalem or midnight in Israel. Uh, you know, when the Bible says north, it means north of Israel. When it says south, it means south of Israel. Directions, everything God keys off of Israel. So I don't know what time of the day it's going to be in Israel when it happens, but what I do know is here's what Jesus said in Luke 17. Even so it will be in the day when the Son of Man is revealed. In that day, he who is on the housetop and his goods are in the house, let him not go down to take them out. And likewise, the one who is in the field, let him not turn back. Remember Lot's wife. Whoever seeks to save his life will lose it. And whoever loses his life will preserve it. I tell you, in that night, there will be two people in one bed. The one will be taken, the other will be left. So he says, in that day and in that night. So whatever time of day it is here in Texas, in the United States, when the rapture happens on the other side of the world, it's going to be the opposite. So it's a, when the rapture happens, it'll be both day and night. Uh, this is Rod. What will happen when the people in Jerusalem flee to the mountains, when the Antichrist claims his authority, like Jesus says in Matthew 24? Where will they go? Let me read this text in Matthew 24. It says, Therefore, when you see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet, standing in the holy place, whoever reads, let him understand. Then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. Let him, not, let, him, let him who is on the housetop not go down to take anything out of his house. And let him who is in the field not go back uh, to get his clothes. But woe to those who are pregnant and those who are nursing babies in those days. And pray that your flight may not be in winter or on the Sabbath. For then there will be great tribulations such as not been since the beginning of the world until this time. No, nor ever shall be. And unless those days were shortened, no flesh would have been saved, but for the elect's sake, those days will be shortened. Now, the, this is talking about when the Antichrist, this is the abomination of desolation. This is what Jesus begins with, is the abomination of desolation. When the abomination of desolation happens, all hell breaks loose. And the Antichrist has broken his covenant with the Jews. He, he declares war on them. And Jesus said, get out of Jerusalem and flee to the mountains. Well, Jerusalem's surrounded by mountains. And many times through history, when Israel's been attacked, the Jews will flee to the mountains 
and hide in the caves or find some safe place where they can be. And this is what they'll be doing. Jesus said, get out. Don't even go back in your house. Get out. It's, it's that bad. Revelation chapter 12 says this. Another sign appeared in heaven. Behold, a great fiery red dragon having seven heads and ten horns and seven diadems on his heads. His tail drew a third of the stars of heaven and threw them to the earth. And the dragon stood before the woman who was ready to give birth to devour her child as soon as it was, it was, it was born. She bore a male child who was to rule all the nations with a rod of iron. That's Jesus. Her child was caught up to God in his throne. Then the woman fled into the wilderness where she has a place prepared by God that they should feed her there 1,260 days. Okay, so this, that's three and a half years. So this is specifically saying that, that you know, Jesus is at the right hand of God. He's been caught up to the right hand of God. And now Israel, the woman is Israel. And Satan is now pursuing Israel to devour her. But God protects her sovereignly in the wilderness for three and a half years. And a lot of people believe this is Mecca. Or I'm sorry, Petra, located in Jordan. And let me read you a scripture here, which also uh, confirms this. And this is in Daniel uh, chapter 11. At the time of the end, the king of the south shall attack him, and the king of the north shall come against him like a whirlwind with chariots, horsemen, and with many ships. And he shall enter the countries, overwhelm them, and pass through. He shall also enter the glorious land, that's Israel, and many countries shall be overthrown. But these shall escape from his hand. Edom, Moab, and the prominent people of Ammon. Now, that's all in Jordan there now, in Jordan and in the area towards Saudi Arabia. So uh, whenever the Antichrist uh, attacks the people of Israel, they'll flee to the mountains. But according to Revelation and also Daniel, God is going to sovereignly protect Jordan, those areas in Jordan. And that is, that is where Petra is located, is in that area. And so the children of Israel... I know that they're going to flee the mountains. Jesus said that they would. But ultimately, I believe that they're going to go to these areas, uh, Edom, Moab, and, the, and, and Ammon, where there's going to be safety for them for that three and a half year period of time. And so uh, this is Karen. Is the false prophet different from the Antichrist or are they the same person? This is Revelation chapter 19. I saw the beast, the kings of the earth and their armies, gathered together to make war against him who sat on the, uh, the horse and against his army. Then the beast was captured and with him the false prophet who worked signs in his presence by which he deceived those who received the mark of the beast and those who worshiped his image. These two were cast alive in the lake of burning fire with brimstone. So in Revelation 13, there's another graphic description of the, the Antichrist and the false prophet of being two different people. Thank you guys for your questions. Thank you so much for being supporters of endtimes.com, for being subscribers. We really do appreciate it. It helps us to support all the ministries that we do here. And it's, it's a real blessing. God bless you. I'll see you next time.